This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those. They're on us. That, once again, is freetalklive.com. So, as always, lots to talk about. Your calls are primary. Whatever's on your mind goes. 800-259-9231. Toby, joining us again uh, this Tuesday evening. And uh, I want to talk about what you did last night, Toby, just as sort of a a success story, a libertarian success story, at least somewhat. Well, to a point, yeah. There was the jail meeting in Keene. Um, they're trying to build a new jail in Cheshire County. Because we got to lock up those marijuana smokers. Oh, yeah. Apparently there's too many of them, so got to build a new jail. Um, so there was a hearing on it uh, to see where the which property sh- it should be built on, and there mm-hmm. were a few people, maybe five others, that said, we don't think it should be built here. It should be built somewhere else. So I got up and made a short little speech about how many people are imprisoned in the U.S. and about how... We have more people detained in the U.S. than any other country. How can America, the land of the free, where we have a constitution, we have rights, we're supposed to be the freest country in the world, the beacon of hope, the beacon of liberty. How is it that we managed to imprison more people than any other country? That's an excellent question. Well, apparently (laughs) other people felt the same way because I was the only person who got a round of applause from the chamber the the elected officials and the audience um when i was finished my speech wow i thought it might have just been the audience that was going to give you the applause when you when you told me that before the show i didn't realize the actual city commissioners or whoever they were were applauding you yeah they did applaud me which i was very surprised at i thought that Huh. There were all these people there, very intimidating, old people, suits, white hair, who, all that Who good applauded stuff. first? Was it the audience that applauded first or one of the city council members? It was the audience that applauded first. And so they were just following suit then? It, yeah, pretty on. much. Yeah. They didn't want to look bad. Politicians do love a parade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get up in front of that. <laughs> well, um, after that, they have to address everyone's questions. Uh, and they, when they went to address mine, they said, we completely agree with Toby. He's completely right on it, this. Um, but it's our job to build a prison, and that's what we do. <laughs> right. It's the legislature and the judge's job to decide oh, who goes to prison. And you know what? We need a prison. We can't do anything. So they're just caught up in the system. It's not their fault. So there's, again, passing the buck, typical sort of bureaucratic response. Oh, we can't do anything about this. It wasn't Now, it's not the state legislature's decision to build the prison, was it? Well, the state legislature in Cheshire County, um, the county that we live in here in Keene, mm-hmm. um, it's their job to decide where the site is. The, del- the elected officials for this county, they decide the site. There's all sorts of other officials and committees that decide different parts that I don't really know the detail, the specific details on. But Yuck. basically what they're saying is exactly passing the buck. It's not our job to do this. It's the legislature. It's the judges. Our job is to build a prison, and we need to build a prison. Yeah, I think it's it's hilarious how they, they, they clap. What a nice speech from that boy. That's great. Now let's get back to spending people's money. Yeah. It's exactly how it is. Another little interesting tidbit about this. Uh, the prison went up. The price tag went up again, even though they haven't yet finalized a spot. It, I could have told you that. I mean, every single time you give a project to the government, it's going to come in late and well over budget. Right. It doesn't matter if you're giving it to uh, Boston's government or Little Keene, New Hampshire's uh, government. Either way, it, they all follow the same rules. Just bureaucratic mishaps, uh, mismanagement, and, increased budgets. You know, every single time we go ahead and we say, all right, fellas, you messed it up the last time, so here's some more money. Try to get it Do right it the next time. Yeah. 
Why are we continuing to give these people money? There should oh, be a referendum guns. on the ballot that says, look... Your taxes are voluntary from here on out. Nobody's going to go to. Nobody's going to get their house taken away as a result. Right. And um, you know, then then we can then the public can decide whether or not the uh, the bureaucrats are doing a good job. Exactly. They'll actually be able to. Uh, the bureaucrats will finally be accountable for their actions because if they keep botching it up, or the elected officials keep botching it up, then uh, nobody's going to give them any money next time. Well, apparently. People are, and they apparently this jail well, is going to go through here. And right. Last People week, are scared. Last week the price tag was at thirty-five million dollars. This this week it's at forty. Who knows how far it's going to go? Nice. I mean, it's just typical. What's that? A, a one-seventh increase in uh, in price? Oh, but they say it's okay. We're not paying for it all at once. This will take years that you'll pay for but, it. So yeah, it's it's okay. classic political stuff. Um, you know, p- push it off to your children. Exactly. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. People that never even got to vote for it have to pay for it. If you've got a, an example of a just bureaucratic screw ups, bloated bureaucracy, you want to share with us eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet eight dot net toll free line for you. I just thought that was a, a, a worthy story in that uh, you got a round of applause for your speech. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, despite the fact that they're doing what they normally do, um, you got a, a positive response. Not only from the people, but also once the uh, the elected officials saw that happening, they sort of acted as though they cared too and, and jumped on board. And I think it's it, it's exemplary of what we're trying to do here uh, with the libertarian movement and the Free State Project and uh, and the pro freedom movement here in Keene also, but but just around the country and around the world. And that is communicate the ideas of liberty effectively to people that don't hear it on a regular basis. And that, I thought, was a wonderful example of an effective, probably very short. How long was it, was your speech? About a minute. It yeah. was very short. Very short communications that are effective, that, uh, that get a response, a positive response from people. And the more people get to hear messages like that, the better off we're all going to be. The closer we're going to get to that point of saturation that we're looking for, where these ideas are, are not fringe, but they're, they're popular. Yep. And these are little baby steps along yeah. that path. It does give me hope. I wrote a, a letter to the Sentinel last week, the local, newspaper, local newspaper here, um, saying basically the same thing. And I got a, a two responses back. I got a, a letter and a postcard, both of them saying, you know, Toby, from readers, from readers, saying we there are people who agree with you. One of them said, I don't have the time to stand up and say it myself. And another interesting one said. I completely agree with you, and there's others that do, but we're too scared to stand up. Really? And say Is that it. was that the word they used? That's what are they scared of? I I just don't understand. Retaliation? We, uh, we stand targeting? up and talk about the government every single night here on Free Talk Live. Right. I don't think I've been targeted by I've I've never been targeted by anything but pro freedom organizations. Well, that's true, but we haven't really necessarily taken action to uh, to go after a specific government bureaucracy or anything like that, and. Nor have we really become large enough to the point where we're worth targeting, I don't think. And so uh, I don't really know when that's going to happen, but personally I expect it eventually. Uh, I don't know what sort of form it's going to take. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it could just be harassment by the police. Uh, something simple like that. Just, I think that's what most people are scared of. I is think that that's what simple they are, yeah. harassment. If you come out pro marijuana, they're afraid that they're going to get pulled over the next right. time. Something's going to go them. in their file when the yeah. when the cops pull behind them and bring up their license plate number. It's going to say marijuana activist, 
and uh, just that'll be good enough reason for them to uh, pull you over and who knows maybe plant something in your car or something like that. It's true. Um, my dad is of an older generation and he went through that. He saw that happening. Um, he was an old hippie type, and he said that he has tons of friends who were marijuana users, but they were pulled over and they didn't have it on them. They weren't smoking it then, but they did have it planted on them. So he's scared of that. Um, right. And there's a whole generation and people like that. They haven't been politically active. And it, it can be scary if you're, if you're first getting into it. And can you imagine? I mean, how, I mean, if people are scared in Keene, New Hampshire, where the police department is all of 50 people, and that includes the, the pencil pushers, where if people are scared here... Imagine how frightened they are in big cities, in city, even in um, medium-sized cities. Imagine how frightened they are of their governments there. I mean, that's, it's stunning, isn't it, Mark, to, to feel that way, like to realize that people are scared S-less of their governments. And it should be the other way around, right? I mean, the V for Vendetta, the tagline on that movie. It's supposed to be a government by the people, for the people, right. and people are scared of it. Yeah, so it's not the it, way it's supposed to work. It shows that the government is out of control. Yes, it shows that the government thinks that it owns the people when, in fact, it should be the other way around. Yep. I mean, last time I checked, the people created the government. Last time I looked, I don't think that's changed. It's just that the attitudes have shifted, and the government has taken control of education. And so the government has uh, has told people from birth, essentially, that they're in charge. They're uh, big and strong and tough and scary, and uh, you shouldn't cross them. And so people are scared, and and that's why we're going to do the tough part. We're going to take that stand. We're going to be uh, the public personas for the liberty movement, and we'll allow those people that are scared to sit in the background quietly and hand us money. Eventually, they'll probably come out, too. That's the plan, at least, when they get the courage. We'll help give it to them. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including updates. You get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. In fact, I sent out an update earlier today with a link to our brand new torrent file. And in case you don't know, the torrents are what we do with uh, when a month is over. We take all that month's archives and we put them all into one file. It's a torrent, and uh, and it sends it all, it sends it out, uh, makes it very easy to get your hands on oodles and oodles of archives of Free Talk Live without getting into the technical definition of what torrents are. Essentially, it makes it really easy for us to uh, to distribute lots of archives all at once and uh, February is now online available free for downloading at freetalklive.com is there a young person that's important to you give them financial literacy a kid's journey to getting rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free save early and often and how to develop passive income streams the key to financial freedom the average college student graduates with $7000 in credit card debt that's no way to start a life buy them a kid's journey to getting rich at a kidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066 that's a kidsjourney.com 800-657-5066 we were talking a few moments ago about uh, just Activism in general, and uh, and Toby, you were talking about how you'd spoken up at a recent city council meeting here where we live in Keene, New Hampshire, 
and that you'd gotten a positive response. You'd also e- you'd also sent in an email or a letter to the editor to the local newspaper, yep. again, advocating a pro-freedom position in regards to this building of a new jail around here. And you'd gotten, again, more positive response from people who took the time to find your address. And uh, is it printed with the letters? Yeah, they make you print the address. So they actually e- uh, they actually mailed you a couple of things. One of them was from an anonymous person yep. who essentially said, thank you for doing what you do, for taking the positions you are publicly, because people like me, we're too scared to do it ourselves. It can be scary. And we were talking about retaliation. Uh, we were talking about how, in many cases, these people are frightened of being targeted by certain government officials. Maybe it will be the police. Maybe the police will throw a, a butt of marijuana in their backseat when they pull them over. They're afraid of that. They've seen it happen. They know it happens. Maybe they're afraid of the zoning board cracking down on them for some some silly violation. It's so easy. There's and so many laws out there. There's Yeah, there's enough zoning restrictions out there that virtually any house, the zoning inspector could show up and right. get you for something. They'll find something. They'll manufacture something to, to, to harass you with. And so, again, we were just sort of discussing this idea of being targeted. Mark, you're saying we're Free Talk Live, we're visible, we've not been targeted yet. And I wanted to point out that today I had a great interview with the the local newspaper here, the Keen Sentinel, for an article that's going to be done on me and Free Talk Live this weekend. It's going to be a front-page article, because what else are they going to talk about? (laughs) But it's going to be a front-page article, and so inevitably a bunch of bureaucrats are going to read that and I'm thinking, well, if we haven't been targeted yet, maybe this will do it. Because it seems like bureaucrats love to pick up on newspaper articles about people. And uh, if they don't like them or if they feel like there's something, some law being violated, they'll go after them. And well, they do, but I don't know that we're violating any laws. Who knows? They might, they might have some sort of permit required to run a business from your home or something like that. I don't know. Fine. We'll, uh, you know, give us, you know, whatever piece of paper you're going to give us and we'll go get an office space. I'm not going to get an office space. Um, I'm not going to jump through that hoop for them. Um, but nonetheless, I'm just bringing up examples of what they could do. But, Toby, you made a good point. This was during the break, and I'd like you to make it again since it wasn't on air, about um, how they don't know what to do with activists. Exactly. They don't encounter them very often. Most of the time, officials and police officers, they're encountering people that roll over very easily, go along with the system, and are total lapdogs for them. You guys are not. Uh, Pro-freedom individuals don't roll over easily, and there's not much you can do with them. I mean, it's very difficult for them to find something to get you with and that you're going to go down for. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And if you look at uh, some examples of other pro-freedom activists who they have tried to mess with... Russell Canning. Russell Canning, uh, also Lauren Canario, just essentially, okay, arrest me. And then they arrest them, and they... Don't cooperate with them. They put them in a jail cell. They're not signing any papers. They won't sign the bail paperwork. They again, they just they monkey wrench the system. And then they get other prisoners in there thinking that way. I right. don't have to walk down the hall. And then it screws my up ideas. The, yeah, screws up the whole system in the prison, and they don't like that. So it's actually a smarter move to leave pro freedom activists alone. It's just the question is, have they learned their lesson on that yet? I don't know if the Keene government has necessarily done that. But I like your point in that if you are an activist, you're publicly an activist, perhaps you'd be less likely to be targeted because they don't know how to handle you. There's I like a, that. There's also a contingent of people who are going to help you out in this one. There's lots of people that are going to, if you are arrested and you have a trial, they're going to attend your trial. They're going to protest. They're going to send letters. It makes a noise, that's for sure. Yeah, the other, that's the other side of it is the question is, does the government realize 
what they're getting into if they make a move like that. I don't know if they do. I don't just I just don't think that they think about things that much before they do them. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there's a lot of bureaucratic planning and maybe they're having meetings about us right now. I don't know. But, you know, the fact is, if they do make a move, if they do harass one of our activists, then they're going to find out that it's going to come back in their face tenfold. And that's right now. It's only going to get it's only going to get better for activists here. Eventually, more people are going to be coming in. Freedom insurance has been brought up where you maybe pay a certain amount in. And if you are arrested for something, there's people that an insurance company to back you up and help in your defense, get protesters out there, get the word out. And it's only growing. It's a movement that's only going to grow and it's going to get better. Well, that's. Uh, I was actually talking with a guy that was doing the interview today, whose name, by total chance, is Freeman. I, I'm just happen. I just happen to be a fan of that name, uh, and he's he's on our side. And so once again, so this is a yet another uh, pro liberty person on the inside of the media here in New Hampshire that uh, is an ally for us. And so yeah, I asked him, "Can I brag about you?" And he said, "Yes." Um, so now we've got two radio shows. Here in Keene, we've got Eric Scott, who's doing the afternoon drive shift on the local talk station. We've got Free Talk Live, nationwide, international. We've got an entire newspaper, the Keene Free Press. We've got at least one reporter at the major newspaper in town who's on our side. We've got Free Minds TV, your show, yep. Toby, and uh, other, pro, other pro-freedom content on a, on a television station here. I mean, this is incredible. Keene is ground zero for the Liberty Bomb. It really is. Uh, I would it like hasn't to... hit yet. Oh, yes, but this is where it's going to hit. <laughs> I wonder when. I, will you be able to tell when it actually hits, Mark? I, that's for the historians to figure out. I see. So you have to look back. We just have to. We, we just have to uh, charge forward, and and you know they, we let them sort it out afterwards. Right, and and it is exciting. As more people move in here, things just get more and more interesting, don't they? Oh, it's great. It's every week. It's almost seems like another media outlet pops up that's pro freedom. If not a media outlet, at least somebody moving in or somebody coming through to to tour around to see if they like the area, which inevitably most of them are. I mean, it's just, I think that we're going to see some very interesting things here within the next year's time. We've got, of course, a bunch of candidates that are going to be running on a pro-freedom ticket this year. That's going to stir things up. That's going to get more people excited. More people are going to move here. 2009? 2010, I mean, who knows what's going to look like then. Especially as the rest of the country goes downhill, people are going to want to get out. People are going to want freedom, and it looks like New Hampshire is the beacon of hope. The beacon on the hill, if you will. Exactly right. 800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. On the way here, Mark, uh, immigration. We'll, We'll talk about it. The Republican Liberty Caucus has come out with an official statement. And I'm curious to see what uh, you, you're saying. It's interesting. Interesting. I think uh, I might like this. I haven't read anything, so you're going to share that with us on the way. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. Also, there's a guy that's claiming to be Jesus. We'll talk about him as well. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet, 8.net toll-free line for you. And it is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Once again, that number, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free, freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. 1-800-259-9231. Mark, uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus coming out with an official statement or position on immigration. They, they have. And, and I'd like to know what it is. Y- you know, I, I cringed when I, <laughs> when I saw that you know, it was emailed to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. Because I, all I could remember was the uh, Libertarian Party's uh, stance on the Iraq War. And it was like, send more troops. I can't, I can't remember what it was. It was very it, un-Libertarian, and it was a big disappointment. It was just one of the, uh, things, one of the things that galvanized me, just made me really t- sick and tired of the, uh, the, the Libertarian Party. Them essentially coming out, making a big hubbub about the fact that they were the first party to come out with an Iraq exit plan. Woo, okay, so let's break it, break it down. Let's look at it. Let's see what the Libertarian solution to Iraq is. And yes, it involved removing some troops from Iraq, but slowly, and also moving troops to other countries and sending foreign aid to other countries. And I thought, wait a minute, I thought the Libertarian Party was the party of principle. I thought they were the party that uh, stuck to their guns. I thought that they would have taken a principled approach, like, say, get the soldiers on the planes, come home. I mean, why do we need more of a plan than that? Why does it have to be more complex? Why do we have to involve foreign aid? Why do we have to involve all these rules and restrictions? And yep. bleh. I was watching some video of the Vietnam when we were pulling out of there, and they literally had forklifts pushing helicopters off of the big boats to fit more troops on, and that's exactly what I'd wow. like to see here. So that was on. I saw a YouTube. They just dropped video helicopters in the ocean. There was a, there was a video of a helicopter being pushed off to fit more people on the boat, hey, making, yeah. making reefs. <laughs> That's fine with me. Whatever. I mean, they've already spent the money. All right. So, Mark, what's the uh, story with the immigration? Thing? Well, I, you know, I think it, I, it's it's very good, uh, especially considering you know all the detractors the Republican Liberty Caucus has, and, and I understand. I don't like the word Republican. I'm not fond of it. Yeah. But uh, here here it goes. Whereas one, every hum, human being is endowed by nature with inherent rights to life, liberty, and property that are properly secured by law. Starting out real nice, isn't it? Um, The United States was founded by immigrants and has welcomed them throughout its history as vital contributors to our national culture and ethnic diversity. We support a uh, responsible transition to private financial alternatives rather than maintenance or expansion of compulsory government uh, retirement, disability, and health programs. We support what? Responsible transition to private financial financial alternatives rather than maintenance or expansion of compulsory government retirement, disability, and health programs. So translation, we want to end welfare? Pretty much. Okay. Um, we want to end... Uh, transition int- to voluntary alternatives? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, a you gradual I, reduction. You know, it says a responsible transition, which I, I think is the, probably the best terminology you can use. I don't know what responsible... Because it sort of covers the gambit from, yeah. let's do it right now, that's responsible, to, um, you know, well, it could take a hundred years. Well, now, the responsible transition concept, as I understand it, is essentially... You don't want to scare people. You don't want to uh, throw them to the wolves necessarily. What you want to do is you want to give them a time frame to operate under and say, okay, well, you're all receiving welfare at this point, and you will continue receiving your welfare checks until such a date. Uh, And that date, the question is how far out should that date be? Should it be six months? Should it be a year? Uh, Essentially saying, okay, well, six months from now, your welfare payments are going to cut off, and so you've got to figure out what you're going to do once that happens. Right. So if you want to go get a job now, 
and enjoy idea. six months of uh, bonus checks, then please do. Um, otherwise, if you want to wait till the last minute, then that's your choice. So I guess that would be sort of a more responsible way to do it instead of just axing it off. Number four, we oppose all forms of government entitlement for any citizen, resident, or visitor to our country. Peaceful diplomatic relations, free trade. I like that. Any citizen or visitor. Um, number five, peaceful di- diplomatic relations, free trade, and open borders enhance the ability of citizens to travel, engage in international commerce, and we support the pr- uh, pursuit of liberty everywhere in the world. Six, a free labor market allows all persons to pursue their own happiness and contribute to the prosperity and wealth of our nation. Seven, we support equitable treaties that enhance security and exchange with other nations, but oppose any agreement that infringes on the um, sovereignty of the United States, sovereignty of the United States. Hmm. Eight, precautions against criminal and terrorist infiltration are required to ensure against attacks on the lives and property of every citizen. What's that mean? It, 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 it's the one statement that I didn't particularly like. Yeah. But they are talking about a free and open border and the elimination that of welfare. True. That okay? is true. Okay? I mean, any political organization is going to have to make some um, you know, concessions. That's yes. what politics is. I know. It's ugly. I agree. Um, but... It's, it sounds to me like the RLC is doing a much better job of taking a libertarian stance than the LP has. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've come out with anything, the LP. Well, not, not on this particular issue, but right. I'm, just, I'm only juxtaposing it against the LP's yeah. resolution on the Iraq war. And they buy advertisements with us. <laughs> Look. Give them credit for that, too. But don't you think we would talk? Uh, what, what, I mean, we would say something. We did. Right here. Precautions against criminal and terrorist infiltration are required to ensure um, against attacks on the lives and property of every citizen. We question mm. that. Yeah. Nine, the Constitution grants Congress the authority to regulate naturalization and immigration. Fair yeah. and equi- Yeah, I, I know. Fair and equitable treatment of all visitors and immigrants requires clear and consistent terms and conditions on their entry and transition to citizenship that could mean a lot it could mean a lot but at least it's like write it down and everyone will know instead of turning it over to the lawyers like they have um, the whole immigration process currently Mm -hmm. basically you're not going to become you know legal unless you purchase a lawyer and it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to do it okay Therefore, it is resolved that we urge all nations to adopt principles of, individ- principles of individual rights, limited government, and private enterprise that will allow citizens to pursue their own happiness in their own countries. Two, we propose any and all tax, uh, oppose any and all t- tax-supported welfare benefits for citizens, immigrants, or visitors to our nation and favor a responsible transition to private charities and voluntary commitments of support for all those in need. We favor the repeal of vague and arbitrary immigration laws that discriminate on the basis of nationality, ethnicity, religious beliefs, or marketable skills. We favor. I wonder if they support quotas. I, I, I would imagine that that's probably somewhere where it's going to fall. You well, know? because if they're if they're favoring the abolition of laws that discriminate based on where you come from, then that sounds like they want to get rid of the quotas. Unless they want to have just a total quota for who they allow in. Because they allow a like certain it, number of people from one country, and they allow a certain number of people from a different country. And that's technically discrimination. So it sounds like they're against that. It, it, this certainly is, isn't the, uh, the most clear and concise piece of uh, you know, uh, it, it resolution I've ever heard. As is to be expected. It, it's to be expected. And it, but it does fit within my paradigm of what um, immigration should look like. It sure as hell sounds better than anything I've heard coming out of Washington, D.C. so far. Yep. I mean, the, the rest of the immigration 
uh, ideas are to lock down the border, build a uh, big fence, build a big old wall, search everybody coming in here, passports at the Canadian and Mexican borders. I mean, it's just police state mentality. Raids. Raids on houses, got to find those illegals, get them home. Yep, I don't think anybody has actually come out and called for the abolishment of welfare as a solution. I think that's great. It's like killing two birds with one stone right there. It really would be if somebody would actually take it seriously. We favor increased visa ceilings that will allow foreigners to live, travel, and work in the United States under clearly defined terms and conditions. Okay. Well, you know, I would like to see we propose that foreigners are freely allowed to come to the United States, but... I would like to people, see them propose the abolition of the uh, Immigration Customs Department. Same here. <laughs> we favor market-based proposals to the enforcement of immigration laws. Market-based proposals. I don't know what that means. Yeah, um, enforcement of immigration laws, possibly including a return to the requirement that all entry visas require a uh, personal surety bond that protects taxpayers against the cost of enforcing reasonable and timely reporting financial and medical support and the imprisonment of deportation. Why don't we just abolish the laws? Violet, violet. Let's, let's just abolish the immigration laws. That'll make it easy. You, you, one thing you got to understand is a lot of people oppose immigrants, and know. you know, giving a few little tidbits here and there, it, it's going to work for people. I see where you're coming from on that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. On the way, Second Life. We're checking in with that world and what the crazy socialists are trying to do to it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Firecrackers going off in here or something. 1-800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, including uh, the bulletin board system, Shrine of Female Listeners, archives. We give it all away. You know those other radio talk shows, they want to charge you for access to their websites. Uh, we do it for free. Though We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live merchandise, uh, Free Talk Live t-shirts, different types, different colors even, Free Talk Live hats as well, uh, the classic archive DVD collector sets. You don't want to miss those, plus the free Marketeer flag and free, that's right, free bumper stickers. All the details at store.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show and get some cool stuff at store. .freetalklive.com. You know, we'll talk about Second Life here in a moment, but Mark, we were discussing the RLC's proposal, or their plan, I guess, or position paper on immigration. And it sounds relatively good. Um, they're talking about ending welfare. They're talking about allowing people to come here, which is a good idea, instead of promoting building walls and that sort of thing. But at the same time, they're putting it all in the framework of the existing laws and like making the existing laws better and reform, you know, the whole reform thing. So, you know, I'm behind them for, to an extent on this. But I wanted to address the welfare issue because I got an email from Patrick, and it's very short. Uh, he actually includes an article about how Bush has allegedly cut some budget somewhere, and he says, so I guess you don't believe in safety nets. What would be your solution as a libertarian American patriot for the sick and poor, huh? Well, that's, you know, that's one of the first places that people run with libertarianism. My God, we'll all die without the government. And, um, or at least the, the poor people. The poor people will just be starving in the streets. And I, I, to think, to think that somehow poor people managed to make it, um, here in America, um, and, or elsewhere around the world without the government prior to, what, 19, the mid 1960s, mid late 1960s? I mean, how, how in the world did they do it? 
There well, were no poor people. They, they, they did it with the help of churches and other organizations. Mutual aid societies. They, uh, like the Shriners. You know the Shriners? Those guys that drive the funny cars? It's a great organization. I worked with them. I was in they're the part show. of the Illuminati. Right. Well, no, they're more than just funny <laughs> car drivers, and uh, they're more than just people that wear funny hats. They actually, uh, they actually help kids. They, they have children burn hospitals, victims, right? children hospitals for disabled disabled children and burn victims all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think, seventeen of them. Last I knew, they might have grown, but they don't accept any money. Even if you from government, no, or from, from anyone, from people. So it's just their members that are doing it. They they have all sorts of ways to raise money. Um, Interesting. They, that's what they do. They the Shriners raise money to give to the hospital. Even if people want to pay for their services, last time I knew they don't accept they the money it. for it. They'll accept donations to the to the hospital. So you can contribute to the hospital. It's right. just that when you're when you're treated, they won't take your money. Right. It's amazing. I mean, that's just one example of what we'd have times a thousand if uh, if the government weren't in there saying, oh, no, 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 we'll take care of it. Oh, health care, welfare, we'll take care of all this. You just you just go about your lives, and if something terrible happens, you come to mommy government, and mommy government will take care of you. And the and num- it's just not the it's, truth. It's mommy government helping herself to our money because um, the numbers I've heard, when you look at most charities, their overhead is relatively low compared to what uh, it is that they give out. I it's mean, in that's, the 10 to 30% range. Right. Generally, that's that's the range you're talking about. With the government, it's 70%. 70% operating cost versus 30% of money that they actually dole out. Mm-hmm. And they Ridiculous. aren't even doling out the money very well either. I mean, no, when it comes there's that. all kinds of scammers and that kind of thing. You wouldn't, you, scammers would be a rarity in a, a charity system because the charities would have an interest in not being scammed. If your local church is the one giving money to help you out with rent that month, they're going to want to make sure that you're really in a situation where you need the help. Yes, there's going to be a volunteer who's going to come by to your house and meet with you on a I don't know, monthly basis or whatever, and uh, sit down and have a meeting and, and check in with you and see how you're doing, see how you're uh, g- coming along on trying to get a job or whatever it is that your issue is in life. They're going to ad- really address that, and they're going to care. <laughs> see, that's also another important difference between the government bureaucracies that provide welfare and private charities is the private charities care about the people they're dealing with. I'm not 100% sure that the, there aren't bureaucrats in there. I mean, they, Absolutely, there are bureaucrats that care. They do care. It's just that they're not motivated. They're not incentivized to make sure that people aren't scamming the system. Well, that that may be true, but also um, the fact is, on average, bureaucrats don't care as much. Well, they're doing it for a paycheck. Um, right. Volunteers if you, aren't. They're, yeah, if you're at a church getting charity from the church or what, wherever you're getting charity from, they're usually volunteering. They're giving their time and services for free to help people. You're working with the downtrodden because it makes you feel good. You're not getting a paycheck in order to do it. I think that there's a tremendous gap between someone who's doing that and someone who's doing it to make a living. 1-800-259-9231. So what would happen with the poor? Well, I think as we've effectively pointed out, the poor will get better, more effective, more caring help than they've ever gotten from the government if we would just turn it over to the marketplace. And, you know, let's not forget that... Uh if we got we had the opportunity to turn the welfare system over to the marketplace, then within in all likelihood, um, we would be turning a lot of things over to the marketplace, and the government wouldn't be taxing nearly as heavily. Oh my goodness! So therefore, you want to talk about helping poor people? Yeah, let's help poor people by letting them keep their paychecks that they earned. 
Um, you know, I was just talking to a friend the the other day, trying to. We were talking about taxes and hidden costs and fees and all that that sort of thing. And I was talking about, well, what makes sense? What is, um, you know, realistic in telling people as far as what um, taxes are? Because how much, you know, how much does the re- the average American think that they pay in taxes? If you ask them that question, how much of your paycheck do you think That's that you pay question. in taxes? And I don't mean just income taxes. I mean income taxes, property taxes, um, state income taxes, uh, gas taxes, uh, you know, uh, what else, What other kind of taxes? Help me out here. I mean, there's uh, just a huge user list. User fees, this power uh, taxes. Everything has a tax and a fee on it. Cable tax. How much, how much do, of the, your paycheck do you think you pay when you look at all those things? I mean, well, uh, we have our stock answer, but you're saying what would an average American say? And to I'll that bet question? you they'd come up with something between forty and uh, four, somewhere near forty to you fifty think? percent. I think they would. I think it depends who you ask. I mean, there's a lot of real left-wingers out there that think we don't pay enough in taxes. I think that they may so. think that, but they've, but they've got to tell me a percentage. I'm not asking them whether it's enough or not enough. Um, and then, when you start thinking, then you tell them about... You what, should start asking people What that about question. businesses? Um, you know, businesses don't exist without a profit. That's what they're there for. So, therefore, they have to pass on their costs to you. So, all these businesses have all those same taxes that we talked about. They have property... Businesses have property yeah. taxes. Corporate bus- taxes. B- b- they have corporate taxes. You know, the corporate taxes are essentially an income tax. They have to pay all their fees on all their employees. Uh, I meant another thing uh, you sh- we should have mentioned in the uh, personal list was uh, Social Security mm-hmm. and... And uh, unemployment tax. Businesses also have uh, inventory taxes in some places. You know, all these um, fees. So you pay all the taxes from all the businesses that you purchase things from. Yes. Now. It's impossible to calculate. What's that run the number up to? Who knows? I mean, percent, seventy-five percent. That's that's the number that I came up with. But I don't think that seventy-five percent is a realistic number to tell people. I think it's it's realistic. I think it's. um, But I also think that people just won't believe it. It sounds crazy. I mean, when yeah. you think about it, the milk industry's fixed, the egg industry's fixed, the produce industry's fixed. All these industries are fixed um, by the government, and that costs. There's there's cost translated there. So if we got the government out of all these things, people's dollars could go could very well go four times as far, maybe even more than that. Uh, Dr. Mary Ruart estimates that. If we actually were able to keep all of the money that we earned, uh, your dollar could go more than you know, like eight to eighteen times further than it uh, than it currently does. I mean, it's just tremendous the, because of the wastefulness of government. Because yes, all of that money, that seventy-five percent or whatever, or forty percent, is going into the government, and then the government just spends it. You know, like there's no tomorrow. They don't care how they spend it. They spend. They don't it. care if they're getting a good deal. They spend it, and they spend more than that. That's the amazing part: is they take seventy-five percent. Let's say seventy-five percent, and it's not it's enough. Just, it's just a number that I've that we've come up with here on the air tonight. Um, so let, they take that seventy-five percent, and they spend more than that. Yes, almost deficits. every single year. And they just don't do it well. So to the point now that, that the amount of taxes that they collect is is about the amount of the interest on the amount of money that they've overspent throughout the years. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it is you, nuts. You look at the different ways that people can spend money. If you spend your own money, you are the very most careful with it. If you're spending, if I'm spending Mark's money, uh, you know, I'm not going to be quite as careful with it 
as uh, if I were to have, uh, if it were to me, been my own money. Then there's also the sort of anonymous uh, person giving you money, like a charity situation. Different different people giving you money. You're not going to be quite as good with that money as you would with your money or your best friend's money. And then there's the final um, choice, which is uh, you're stealing money from people. Then you just don't care. And that's what we're dealing with. We've got a situation where the government, they don't care how they spend the money. So if you actually put it back in the pockets or, or you allow the people who earned it to keep it in the first place, then they become so much more accurate with how that money is spent and invested. And that's why it's more than more than eight times as valuable to return that to uh, to the people. 800-259-9231. What are the socialists up to in Second Life? And who's the guy that's claimed to be Jesus down in Texas? We'll talk about it all on the way. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves. Call free number, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. Enjoy them, freetalklive.com. To the phones, to the fun, let's go to Greg in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hello, Greg. Hello, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I heard you talking about uh, Vietnam and shoving the copters over in the ocean. Okay. Uh, are you guys really naive enough to believe they did that so they could get more people on the ships? Well, that's what the article, the the video I saw implied. Why'd they well, do it? They did it after the Second World War. Uh, Korea. Uh, they even auctioned some of the stuff off as long as they guaranteed they wouldn't take it back to the United States because it would screw with the economy. And they couldn't buy new equipment. Is that because um, of the uh, the the um, the idea that you know we might be able to use they they you, they want to replace it and therefore you know, give away more government money? Correct. That makes sense. So they wanted to increase their budget. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense because we've actually had a call from somebody who said that uh, when he was in the navy, he saw guys just throwing tools over the side of the ship because they knew that if they spent the money on the tools on new tools, they'd get a bigger budget next year. That's correct. So I that's think, what's going on. I think okay. in this circumstance, we were just using the uh, forklift analogy to show, um, hey, you know, we'd, we'd like to get them out of there so quickly that they're willing to throw away helicopters. But I understand what you're saying, and I would have to agree with you. Thank you for the correction, Greg. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Let's go to George in D.C. on the amplifier line. Hello, George. Hey, long time no talk. Hey, man. How are you? What's up? Hey, I got some advice for you. When you go fly with, uh, you're flying out of Manchester or Boston? Uh, we're flying out of Manchester. Okay, good. But I flew out of Boston. I tried some of that, and I and um, it's, they sent me back to the ticket counter to get my boarding pass reissued with the S's like that. So there's a long line at the ticket counter. You might want to, uh, I don't know, just go with what I what I ended up just doing is um, went, be like, okay, wait a minute, I think I got an employee badge, and I showed them that. So I, what I did instead was uh, um, bring my Bill of Rights Constitution, um, you know, Air Security Edition. Yes. And and uh, I got the extra screening that way. And with the way that um, screener treated me, he thought like he was being tested as if I was sent by his boss to test him because <laughs> he did everything by the book. And whoever um, used that want to touch the other dude's genitals a couple nights ago that he called in about, that, he, uh, he's not even supposed to warn you if you don't set off the metal detector. 
you just get a quick uh, cops frisk about it, and then you're you know check your bags and you're on your way. You so you're saying that, that uh, you, by the way, just in case you don't know, George is actually a member of the TSA, and so you're sort and of giving us. You're sort of giving us uh, tips here. Neil, one of our listeners, had called in earlier this week. I think it was yesterday. Uh, he had pointed out that he was essentially molested by a TSA screener with uh, who was a little bit too happy-go-lucky with the wand, uh, the metal-detecting wand, as far as his crotch area was concerned. You're saying that that was totally inappropriate. Yeah, he, he, uh, and if he didn't set off the metal detector, he was not supposed to get wanted. And the guy didn't even offer him a cigarette at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, George. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line. So George essentially saying, because uh, I was thinking about not going through with showing, I, I didn't want to show ID when I was getting on uh, the plane. He's saying if there's a big long long line at the ticket counter, then that may delay you even further as far as if they send you back to get the S's stamped on your pass so you can get the secondary screening. I think I'm still going to go with it. As long as we've got enough time, I mean, if there's an hour and a half to kill, it can't possibly take that long. It doesn't take any time to get from the uh, the screening area to the gate, and uh, Southwest, I, I don't know, I don't even know that we're taking Southwest, but uh, Southwest doesn't have much time for loading, so it doesn't bother me. Just, you know, I'm going to be on the plane. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you'll have to go alone. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll arrest me and throw me into a gulag. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. Second Life. It is a computer simulation. We've talked about it before on the air. In fact, we've right. got some listeners that have set up their own little area in Second Life, the Gimme Liberty Bar at GimmeLiberty.com, which is really cool. You can actually go into this game, and you can listen to Free Talk Live in the game. It's kind of like a game, but it's sort of a like, simulation of real life. I don't have a better life. word for I it. I mean, the, the only thing that's really gamey about it is you can fly. You can it, fly. You can shoot on, things. It, yeah, yeah, there are guns, but, you know, you're... You can't kill anybody with them, though. No, it's not really the... And it's not really the point of it to uh, shoot people. No, there's no objective to Second Life except to just spend time there and network with people. Kind of like life. Right. And so there's all these sorts of neat things that you can do in the in this Second Life virtual world. Unfortunately, though, as time goes on and Second Life becomes more and more popular, there are some interesting things that are happening as a result of that. And one of those interesting things is that real-life companies are getting involved in Second Life. So Nike will open up, uh, they're going to release a new shoe, they'll release a digital version of the shoe in the game at the same time that they'll release it in real life. Uh, Reuters, the news-gathering organization, has opened up uh, a bureau in Second Life where you can go to the Reuters bureau and get news about Second Life from Reuters in Second Life. So there's all kinds of neat little crossovers that have been going on. You can spend and make real money in this. I That's mean, true. It, it's not in U.S. dollars. It's in Linden dollars, it's converted to Linden dollars. It's like a 250 or 271, uh, 270 to 1 ratio as far as the conversion. So most people aren't making much money in this, but there are no. a few examples of people who have been, right? That's true. There are some moguls, uh, real estate moguls, that apparently have made a, one lady made like a million. Or she's got a million dollars in assets. I don't think she's made a million dollars yet, but she's uh, made a, a lot of Linden amount. dollars. That is. And so as Second Life becomes more popular, more people are coming into the world, so-called, including socialists. ZDNet reporting... I was sitting at a picnic table Thursday afternoon talking with a revolutionary who last year bombed an American apparel store. I didn't think she was all that dangerous. As far as I could tell, she was just a big-time radical in the Second Life virtual world. My Second Life alter ego 
uh, Caro Zohari, was interviewing a spokeswoman for the Second Life Liberation Army, an avatar rights group that has sprung up in the Linden Lab-created virtual world with an objective of fomenting a democratic revolution to oppose Linden Lab's supposedly authoritarian rule. But I thought Linden Labs was uh, very uh, freedom-oriented. They pretty much let people do what they want there. They pretty much do. I don't know what exactly their objections are. They don't have any objections. They're just a bunch of jerks. Yeah, they just want to blow stuff up, I think, yeah. and get attention. Across the table from me, the Avatar activist Soldad Sugarbeet was demanding her virtual rights. Sugarbeet explained, quote, Avatars can form relationships in Second Life, human bonds. We can work and play and fall in love. There's just one thing missing. We can't vote. Can you believe this? What do they want to vote on? I don't There's have no any idea. Create some laws? I guess they want to create a government. They I guess they want to create to. a law. They can create their own government in, Linden, um, in, in their little second life. They can. They yeah, just want to rule do it the on their whole own property. Yeah, yeah, they can they only want to cr- rule everything. Right, because in second, uh, in second life, you can buy a plot of land. And then you can build whatever you want to build on that plot of land. And it can, like, for instance, it can be a floating house. It's like, like, you've got this plot of land, and it goes up as far as you can go and down as far as you can go. And you can just create whatever you want in there. And you can put, you can set restrictions on certain things. You can restrict the people that can come and go. So, for instance, if I wanted to build my own little Free Talk Live studio and not allow Mark in anymore, I could ban you from my area. Or I could make it so that you have to have permission to come in in the first place. I, I think these are all possibilities in Second Life. There's total, you have almost total virtual control over your little virtual plot of land. But you're right, Mark. It's not good enough for them. They want to vote. Yeah, they they want to be able to vote to make other rules land. for everybody else that's in this uh, Second Life because it's not good for them. They don't feel right unless they have a government around to, to control other people with. And so here they are complaining because they can't vote on things in Second Life. Don't you have a house to build? Don't you have something to do with your time? Apparently not. Apparently, even in virtual world, socialists are just lazy uh, people that sit around doing nothing. If they have total control over their own property, what need is there for democracy? That, and that's what the government here is supposedly here to protect, is our property rights, and mm-hmm. that's what we supposedly have a government for. If they already have total control over their own domain, and they're already king of their own castle, what do they need it for? Well, that's just it. They need control over everything. And they feel like it's an insult that they can't vote in Second Life. We'll explore their gripes here a little bit. 800-259-9231. The poor socialists <laughs> don't understand private property. Well, We'll make it crystal clear to them coming up. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, including... The bulletin board system. We got about 200,000 posts, about 1,500 people interacting. It's all totally free. BBS.freetalklive.com. Get you to it. That's BBS.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. 
So we're talking about this story out of uh, the virtual world, Second Life. It's an alternative uh, life, essentially, a digital life that a lot of people spend probably way too much time in. Um, and essentially, you can create your own little avatar, which is your digital representation of yourself, which can be anything from looking like you to something completely different. Some people walk around uh, looking like foxes, literally, um, beasts, like humanoid sort of beasts. There's all sorts of different customizations. You can buy land, you can trade things, you can sell things, you can buy things. Uh, there's just so much uh, to do in it. It's an amazing program. Unfortunately, it's now being invaded by the socialists. And they've formed, uh, at least some of them, have formed an activist organization called the, uh, let's see, Second Life Liberation Army. And they're complaining, they're complaining that they can't vote in Second Life. But there's nothing to vote on. There's no government in Second Life. Why do you want to vote? Uh, the SLLA, at least at first glance, according to uh, ZDNet, is devoted to so-called avatar rights. It was founded by a Second Life member whose avatar goes by the name Marshall Cahill and has been in, a, in the news a fair amount for a string of online protest actions since late 2006. Most notably, SLLA members took over the stage of the World Economic Forum's Second Life presence and set off atomic bombs of companies like Reebok and American Apparel's virtual stores. Protests like the SLLA's bombs are purely visual effects. Some can temporar uh, temporarily freeze avatars, and graphics-heavy attacks can crash residents' computers or even Linden Lab's servers. Some people do worry, however, that more sophisticated tactics will emerge that could prove more dangerous to avatars and in-world property. Linden Lab didn't pay much attention to the SLLA's tactics or attacks, and the incidents didn't incite much of a stir on the virtual world's message boards and discussion forums until the mainstream media caught wind of it. And in fact, somebody had mentioned it the other day here on Free Talk Live, mentioned that there was this bomb that went off in Second Life, and we just thought, oh, well, what's the big deal? It's not going to destroy anything, because that's just the way the game is. Uh, you can't destroy people's property in Second Life. It's wonderful. Um... And so we just sort of brushed it aside. I didn't realize that there was this activist group behind the entire thing. And the, the whole concept of avatar rights, you, you exist because Linden Labs created you. I mean, right? If you look at uh, the, the concept <laughs> of rights in the real world, people that believe in a god, I'm not one of them, but you are, Mark. And I am. Toby, I don't know about you. I'm more of a deist. So you're more, so that's kind of Mark's camp then, I think. Yeah, it's pretty close. Um, so people that believe in a god like to believe that God created man with inalienable rights. And there's you know, we could outline them. But here in Lyndon Labs' world, they created the world from scratch. They created the second life. They created all of the rules. They created the, the world. And they allowed you to enter it. So you don't have any rights beyond what Lyndon Labs decides to allow you. There are no such things as avatar rights that's a concept that you're, they're trying to bring over from the real world into second life it just doesn't work that way you uh, for instance and, and I, I like that linden lab didn't really pay attention to what was going on with these people because that's what should the, that's what the response should be just ignore them but if they do start blowing up more of these bombs that cause people's computers to crash linden labs is going to hear about that because people are going to get upset because they want to enjoy their in-game experience. And how can you enjoy your in-game experience when there's a bunch of socialist bomb throwers running around, uh, essentially crashing your game? 
ejecting you from the game because they want to have their little political protests. Right. Well, they could care less about people's, um, apparently, these uh, the avatar rights um, if they're blowing things up. I mean, these aren't people that care about rights. Sorry. I mean, uh, if they if they froze people people's avatars up, they have mm-hmm. temporarily kidnapped that avatar. Yes. Sorry, these people do not care about rights. What they care about is making a ruckus. Now, maybe they want the ability to vote, but what do they want to vote on? There is no government. If you want to have a government, you're welcome to set up a government. You can get together um, – you can buy property. You can get together people with property. You can have a little can, Second Life commune if you, you want. You can. You can do it. So what in the world is there to pro- t- protest about? It seems like more of this looking – for support for democracy. Democracy yeah. is all in the news. It's such a good thing. Democracy, That's democracy. That's what they're appealing to. And we're, America isn't a democracy. Um, the United States is a democracy republic. Democratic republic. De- Democratic republic. And it seems that President Bush and others are trying to set up democracies in other parts of the world. But democracy really is just two wolves and a sheep deciding what they're going to have for dinner. It's mob rule. Majority rule and the minority suffers. And that's what these people are calling for. And I think that if, if Linden Lab, if they continue with what they're doing, and that is blowing up these in-world, in-game bombs, and they continue to interrupt people's experiences, then I think Linden Labs needs to get in there and start canceling some accounts. But then you can cry all you want from outside of the game. What good's that going to do you? Huh? Because to sign up for, Lind- for this game, you have to have a credit card. So they could very easily say, okay... If this card shows up again, don't let them in. Because if you cancel the account and they come back and they just buy another account, that could be problematic. But if you ban that one credit card, then they'd have to go through the process of getting another credit card to use uh, to create another account with. And so, yeah, go ahead. You keep blowing up some bombs and then wait until they get sick and tired of your crap and say, you know what, we don't need you in our game world. We've got 700,000 other members who are enjoying themselves. Get lost. You don't have rights. This is private property. Let's go to the phones and talk to Jim in Kansas you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, now. Hey, Jim. What's on your mind? Hey, I'm calling from the Gimme yeah, Liberty Bar. Excellent. <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah, this, this uh, sort of thing isn't new. Um, back when I first got on, um, there was this, uh, I was, you know, kind of browsing around, you know, I couldn't help, you know, guilty pleasures going down and checking out the communist and the socialist sectors of the whole thing. And um, I actually stumbled across a note card. And you come I across what? Read- and this note, note cards are basically like text files within within Second Life. Okay. And um, I gave it to um, I gave it to my boss, who is uh, Mike Lori. I'm pretty. You guys talked to him the other. Uh, was yeah, last we interviewed week? him. We interviewed Mike on uh, on our Saturday show uh, last week from the yeah, from I'm, the Liberty Forum. Yeah, I'm one of his employees at the uh, at the estate where the Liberty Bar is. Okay. Uh, and I gave it to him, and you know. He just read the whole thing, and in there, there was a sentence in there that said that, you know, they're they're going to set up a uh, Second Life socialist commune, or actually turn Second Life into commune, uh, into socialism at, uh, at any expense possible, and they said they had no problems with briefing to achieve these goals. Now, this wasn't the SLLA. Um, I'm actually familiar with some of them, uh, mostly a pilot tracer. I've actually talked to them a few times. So there's more than one organization in, uh, in Second Life essentially promoting uh, socialism? Uh, oh, there's there's communist groups, there's uh, Republicans, Democrats, you name it, they're all there. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, John Edwards actually has a uh, has a base, uh, has a headquarters there. Yeah. Well, he might be president there because he won't be president of the United States. I got another question for you, but I think are you on a VoIP line? Um, no. Okay, because it's a little shaky. Are you on a cell phone? Yeah. You want me to call him the landline? 
Well, I'm just curious. I just have a few more questions about Second Life. You mentioned griefing, uh, griefers, and I want to know what that's all about. So uh, we'll bring you back. Go ahead and call in again uh, here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Jim calling in from Second Life. Please, just keep your government out of my Second Life. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Lots of stuff to see and do. It's all totally free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the, uh, the show. See what I mean? By heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com, that's shrine freetalklive.com and free talk live is brought to you by the free state project it's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller less intrusive government to learn more about joining the second american revolution go to freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org apparently some people just can't get enough government and that's what we're talking about right now second life is an alternative digital world where there's all sorts of uh, interesting things that people can do uh, and create and I've spent a little bit of time in there. Mark, I know that you've created an avatar as well and stepped in from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to spend more time. It's just that my computer's not that good. Um, it's, it's, not that, it's not as big as yours and doesn't have as much oomph. Well, one so. of our listeners who does spend a little bit of time in there is actually in the game right now. His name is Jim, and he's calling from Second Life. And, Jim, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Hey, now. I hope I sound better now. <laughs> you definitely sound better now uh, okay. and got you off that cell phone. Now... We're talking about this socialist group, the SLLA, the Socialist Libertarian Army, or li- actually Liberation Army, Second Life Liberation Army is, uh, is what they stand for. And essentially they're going around bombing places, which is uh, apparently resulting in people getting kicked out of the game, maybe even possibly crashing Linden Lab's servers. And they're doing this all because they want to, they want to somehow inject government into the game of Second Life, which is a privately owned essentially world, a digital world created by a private company. And you're saying that these aren't the only socialists that are in the game. There's some other ones that are trying to start communes and that sort of thing. And that's fine. If you want to go and start yourself a commune and hang out at a commune in in a digital world, then that's your business. But actually trying to enforce your laws or enforce your ways on others through an electoral process that doesn't need to be there is what these people are trying to do. Now, you'd mentioned that there are these people called griefers. What yeah. are they doing? What's griefing? And how does it tie into all this? Well, basically, griefing is um, causing grief. Uh, by, um, there's many different ways of doing it. There's a, they do it by particle spamming, which sends out these pictures all over the place, uh, noise. Well, they'll, they'll just create all these noises that are going on, and it's really, really loud. And, I mean, you've got to turn down your... You know, your speaker's almost all the way off, not to even, you know, just to even have it at a manageable level. Um, they, have a, they have guns called doomsday devices that shoot these boxes out that create immense amounts of lag that end up c- crashing the server. Uh, uh, sending people pictures of uh, things like uh, Goatsy and oh. Tubbrew. Oh, yeah. I hate those pictures. Um, you know, people send those things out, and God, just, just disgusting pictures out there on the internet. I'm just not stuff interested. you really never want to see. So now, what are some ways to deal with these people? I mean, are you do you have to essentially shut off public access to your property in order to prevent them from harassing you? 
Oh, funny you should ask. I actually uh, helped with security with uh, with Mike Laurie on his estate. Um, well, there's a, there's a bunch of different things you can do, and it all really depends on what specific attack. Uh, let's say the Doomsday Gun would the best way to the best way to handle that would to be turn off builds or uh, building or scripts, which wouldn't allow those things to work. Or even a better option would be to get your estate manager out and turn off collisions. And I know I'm talking uh, language that you don't understand, but yeah, it's definitely geek speak. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry. But no, that's okay. <laughs> it, essentially, these are different options. As long as you explain it in an understandable way, I think it makes sense to most people. These are different options that you can set within the game for yes. the digital property that you own. So you can say, well, I don't want these scripts to be running on my, my property, so turning, it up, turning them off. And so, therefore, you've undercut the ability of these griefers to come through and essentially harass people. Exactly. Uh, there's there's all different things you can uh, you can do. Uh, turning off particles on your own computer would uh, would help you you know get rid of those co- uh, Bill Cosby's flying around. How many are? Uh, I mean, how often does this happen? When I was in the game, I didn't really notice it, uh, or, or the the simulation, I didn't really notice it. How often do these griefers come through? Do, are they targeting specific areas, or do they just sort of run rampant through the world and just harass anybody that they happen to be around? Well, yes and no. It really depends on the griefer organization. Like you got the socialists; they're going to attack uh, corporations, uh, places you know where you know Republicans or uh, libertarians are trying to get their message out. Mm-hmm. They'll probably attack more like those areas. We in our estate have been having this problem with this uh, group called the Patriotic uh, Negros, if I can say that on the air. Okay. okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, and their whole thing is that they're against furries. Now, you know those people that walk around, as you say, with fox outfits. Right. They have this, this weird racism against them. So mm-hmm. they form this little band together. and they Digital go to racists. Different... Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, and people they go really around just... to the, uh, the, uh, furry, the little furry communes that are around and essentially destroy, destroy property. Uh, they uh, you know, shut down the Sims for, for numbers of days. So it really it really depends on the specific organization that you're that you're talking about when when they when they're picking out places. Now, and of course there's places people that just do it for fun anywhere. Now just to harass. Now uh, first of all I just find it amazing that people I guess I I guess it's to be expected that bigots carry their bigotry over into the digital world. Sure. But, I mean they've they've essentially created this bigotry. There's no such thing as a a fox human in real life. I mean these things right. don't exist outside. They of just the... decided to be bigoted about that. Right. We want to yeah we want to hate on someone then we right. have to hate someone and let's pick the furry people. Yep exactly right and uh, that's disturbing to me. But I, what I'm also curious about is What's Linden Labs' response to this? Is it to give property owners more control over their property? Uh, how have they responded to the griefers? Well, it, you got to understand their position. In one hand, they're they're very liberty minded on, on on a lot of stuff, so they're really trying to not create too much, you know, government regulations on mm-hmm. stuff because they know that it won't work in a in a in a virtual society because it doesn't work in a real society. So they try to step back, but at the same time, you know, they got guns pointed at, you know, both sides of the head. You got the people who want to be able to keep, you know, essentially freedom going on in, the, in this world, and then you have the other people who are, you know, like us, who want both, you know, like you know, you guys to step in and say, you know, there's got to be something, you know, that we can do to get these people off without, you know, infringing on, I guess, avatar rights, really. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you do, do you feel like the property management has uh, is to the point where it's effective at, at stopping the griefers, or there's still some attacks that can slip through? Um, there are uh, attacks that can slip through. I mean, we've been really good about being on top of the, uh, the, the griefer group that's been targeting our estate. Um, but, you know, but even then, a lot of people aren't aware of, you know, some of the steps that they can do to do this. And you know, the best way to do it is uh, get involved with, you know, anti-griefing groups and, Talk to them, amazing. and they can really help you out a lot. That's it's just amazing, all of the uh, the intricacies and interactions that are going on in Second in Life. You've got griefers, now you've got anti-griefing groups, you've got the <laughs> in-game racists that hate the furries. I mean, it's just crazy. Jim, thank you for the call. We really appreciate the information. 800-259-9231 is the packet8.net toll-free line. It really is amazing. It seems like if, if it's in this world, it's in Second Life. And then some, apparently. Uh, by the way, back to the uh, the story here from ZDNet, the SLLA, the Second Life Liberation Army, they're apparently liberating Second Life from the fact that they can't vote. Uh, Soul Dad Sugarbeat says the SLLA is comprised of people, quote, from all across the left in Second Life and real life, as well as people whose primary concern is avatar rights in Second Life. Another member claimed to belong to the former group. The SLLA is a platform for the right to elect and have influence on your world. If we criticize that people are allowed to own our virtual world, maybe people will get their eyes opened to the absurdity of people owning our real world. So once again, the socialists are opposing the concept of property. So at least they're being consistent. Um, they oppose digital property rights, and they, uh, they oppose real property rights as well, which is a, a bit ironic because they're in there uh, participating in the system. You know, what they really should do is, and and of course the socialists won't think this way, but what they really should do is strike out on their own and create the socialist third life or some other, you know, game, uh, some other simulation where you can go in and there's no property rights whatsoever. Right, there's freedom on the internet. Go ahead and do that. Quit getting involved in people's business. Who would they have control over then? Mm, Indeed. 1-800-259-9231. And who would they bomb at that point? 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet8.net toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot on our site, and it's all totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. You head over to vote.freetalklive.com. takes you less than a minute. makes a big difference because those of you that vote help contribute to our total number of votes, which means that uh, if we've got the highest total, we'll be the number one show in the world in Podcast Alleyland. And I believe we currently are the number one show. At least yes, the last we are. time I we're, looked, we were. We've, uh, we've got something that's getting near to a uh, comfortable lead. We've got 100 vo- we're about 100 ahead. That's good to know, but it's still uh, not far enough. It's not, uh, it's not enough. We need more votes. We need to continue uh, massing as many votes as we can throughout the month. So if you've yet to go to vote.freetalklive.com, head over there now, or as soon as you get in front of your computer, head over to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the show. All it takes is an email address and maybe, maybe a minute's worth of time. And uh, it makes a big difference because when we're number one, more people see the show, more people tune in, and that means more new people discovering the message of freedom and liberty. And that's a good idea, right? I've got to agree with it. Vote.freetalklive.com. Well, some people that don't like the concepts of freedom and liberty are socialists, and they have invaded 
the game world of Second Life, this simulation, a computer simulation that is essentially designed to simulate an alternative digital world, an alternative digital reality. And uh, the SLLA, the Second Life Libertarian, or why do I keep saying that? Liberation Army uh, is what their name is, and they have nothing to do with libertarians. They're socialists. They're saying, quote, the SLLA is a platform for the right to elect and have influence in your, in a, on your world. Well, first of all, they just, they just don't even have their concepts straight. It is not their world. They're participating in a business choice. And the business choice is that Linden Labs is a business that has decided to release a game, a, a simulation called Second Life, and has decided to allow people to hang out, participate in it, right? Participate in Second Life, and there are certain rules they must follow. There's a terms and conditions they must agree to in order to play in Second Life. So all of these people have already agreed to play by Linden Labs rules, and then they get into the game and start complaining about the rules. Why don't you go and start your own game up? And start your own simulation and compete instead of getting in there and bitching and moaning about uh, all of the things you don't like in Second Life. That's what my question is. And, of course, uh, they're not going to do anything like that because, you know what, that'd be too much work, wouldn't it? And we all know that socialists are pretty much opposed to that concept. Socialism um, is is a uh, government system that works off of the uh, the hard work of other people. It just you know takes the hard work of other people and you know uses it for their their own purposes. So obviously that's not their uh, mo. It also disincentivizes other people to work because if you have to if they actually get their system implemented, yes. right? You know, and at one point uh, the income tax, the highest income tax bracket in the United States was ninety percent. Can you imagine getting um, y- working for ten cents on the dollar? And then, wow. by the way, that's the income tax bracket. Then out of that $0.10, cents, you've got uh, property taxes, sales all taxes, all that other stuff that you right. do with that $0.10. Cents. You'll be lucky if you pull $0.03 cents a do- mm. per, um, out of the dollar. You know, I thought I might want to do, though, is uh, I went and searched for the Second Life Liberta- Liberation Army, and I found their website. And they have a document on it called, Towards a Strategy for the Democratic Revolution. And I thought we might share some of their gobbledygook instead of the news article about the SLLA, their actual propaganda. So here it is. If there were no objective material basis for a democratic revolution in SL, then the SLLA would be best at best an exciting combat game, at worst a group of griefers. Uh, but there is an objective basis for a democratic revolution in SL, Second Life. A real contradiction lodged within the sim which we must exploit. This contradiction is broadly analogous to that which the confronted revolutionaries in the English Revolution of the 17th century and the American and French revolutions of the 18th century. On the one hand, citizens have an objective interest in the establishment of invaluable property rights and the fullest development of the internal market. And on the other hand, the citizens and property owners do not govern second life. There's a direct contradiction between the interests of the citizens and the dictatorship of Linden Labs. The attached article from Information Week shows how this contradiction expresses itself. Philip Rosedale is quoted as saying, quote, The land itself and the space and everything is owned, controlled, and built by the people. And yet, the article shows, without a citizen's government, there's no way that even basic property rights of citizens can be secured. And what I'd like to know is that how it is that if you create a citizen's government within the game of Second Life, how that's going to do anything at all 
to securing go, towards securing your so-called digital property rights. How will that exactly work? I, you know, I'm, I don't play the game enough to, to know these things, but uh, I don't see that it would be would have anything to do with it. Well, because essentially what they'd have to do is, I mean, how can they possibly have rights? At any point, Linden Labs can flick the switch. You don't have life. Therefore, right. you don't have liberty and you don't have happiness because Linden Labs can shut you down in a second, kill everyone on the whole planet. Sure. They could go out of business. You don't have the right to life. Therefore, you don't have the right to anything. You're just simply participating. You have um, theoretical rights that, you can, that, that they can either choose to res, um, respect or not, but you don't have any actual rights. So it seems to me, and I, I, haven't, even, I haven't bothered to read this whole paper I just found some of the uh, excerpts interesting. It seems to me that if they were to even come close to succeed in getting a government instigated in this game, they would have to create some sort of user demand. They'd have to get a, a significant a, a majority, a significant majority of the users in Second Life to be clamoring for the idea of a Second Life government, which I hope will never happen. I can't imagine that it would. I mean, what on earth could a Second Life government do for the, the citizens in Second Life? I can't imagine that it would do any good, whatever. Not a damn thing. They seem to be doing a fine job on their own. We talked to Jim a few moments ago from In the Game. They seem to be doing a fine job of defending themselves using their own property rights that Linden Labs has allowed them to have uh, with their dictatorship. They seem to be doing a fine job with their property rights of defending against the griefers and the, the bad people, the troublemakers. It seems like they have a lot more rights with the, quote, dictatorship than they would get under this democratic rule that they want. Yes, they would. And so not only would they have to have this huge demand to where Linden Lab says, okay, well, you know, if we don't install this government, then we're going to have a bunch of people leave the game and then we're going to lose money, right? So they'd have to somehow put the, the knife to Linden Labs and twist it around a little bit. So to get that uh, government formed, then, of course, once the government were formed, it it wouldn't have any real control over Linden Labs. Linden Labs isn't just going to allow uh, for some silly little socialists who get elected in their game world to all of a sudden start dictating company policy. That's not going to happen. The entire thing be about is as a fantasy. They'll be about as relevant as student council. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, so the entire thing is a total fantasy on these people's parts. Uh, but let's continue. The absence of a citizen's government leaves citizens vulnerable in relation to other macroeconomic and policy questions essential to the future development of Second Life, such as land issue, currency supply, immigration, participation of RL Immigration? Who uh, <coughs> Immigration. Excuse me, they're going to limit the amount of people that can play the game? Are, yes, are they going to so. create virtual welfare? I mean... I, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they really are talking about micromanagement of the Second Life game rules. Right now, it's fine. Linden Labs is doing a fine job with their game. It, it's obvious they're doing a fine job. More people keep coming to play it. If they're doing a lousy job, people will go away and they'll go join, uh, join one of the other virtual worlds. Believe it or not, the Second Life game isn't the only virtual world out there. There are other ones. So they'll lose customers if they don't do a good job. I, of course, don't expect socialists to understand that concept. You know, competition. They say participate. They also want to regulate participation of real life, using the term RL, real life corporates in SL, Second Life, land fees and strategic priorities in establishing and See, stabilizing really the, the grid. They, they don't want. They, they don't like the idea of seeing uh, stuff advertised. They're these people that mm -hmm. like to um, eliminate. They want the, zoning. You know, they just want to eliminate 
every kind of ad from yeah. the world. Um, but, you know, when I drink a Coca-Cola, I cover up the uh, the, yeah. the, 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 oh. the can so the people can't see it. You know, I, I don't sanitizers. know. Sanitizers. Sanitizers. Yeah. Nuts. Go get something to do. So they are absolutely talking about creating some sort of democratic revolution so they can get their people elected to micromanage all the in-game details of Second Life. Well, thank God for these nut jobs. These, thank God for them. <laughs> these, They're just silly. The, the, these people are sick in the head. Look, it's not your private property. It's Linden Labs. You don't like it. Take your little uh, Second Life commune and go and start your own virtual socialist world. That's the solution here for you because your little democratic revolution isn't going to get anywhere. But nonetheless, it'll be sort of interesting to uh, continue following their exploits and their silliness. And we'll do that. Uh, I'm sure our Second Life friends will uh, bring us the news as it happens. 1-800-259-9231. Hour number three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up... Another kid's been busted for pornography, for being a pornographer. We'll talk about it. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number three, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Let's get that number, 800-259-9231. You bring up anything, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That's freetalklive.com. We start things out by going to the phones. It's Rob in Georgia. Whoa, Rob in Georgia. You're on the amplifier line. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, going great. What's up? Well, I wanted to call in about uh, a bit of controversy which has cropped up on the BBS regarding whether or not Ron Paul is a racist. I, you know what? I hadn't seen the BBS post, but Mark had read something to me recently, the, some pretty inflammatory-sounding quotes that were allegedly from Ron Paul. I don't think the sources were cited, so I sort of thought, well, you know, anybody can make anything they want up, and it is politics, so it wouldn't surprise me if these were made up. But nonetheless, they were pretty disturbing, and they definitely had a, a heavy racist overtone to them. And so uh, not, I guess not one of the quotes was overtly racist like black people are lazy stupid or whatever they didn't he didn't say that but there was definitely the the tinge and sound of racism to the quotes yeah i mean i'm looking at them now can we read one of the quotes so people have some idea of what we're talking about sure uh if you have ever been robbed by a black teenaged male you know how unbelievably fleet-footed they can be and you know and, and it's just it's just true no, <laughs> but the fact is, it seems like um, the fastest people in pro football and the f fastest people in track and field, black. Um, but, if he th yeah. but he threw the thing about robbery in there. Yeah, the, the robbery, yeah. you know, like... And, and then, um, uh, let's see, opinion polls consistently show that only about 5% of blacks have sensible political opinions, i.e. support the free market, individual liberty, and the end of welfare and affirmative action. I'd say that's probably 5% of all people, honestly. Right, I would yeah. say that that's 5% of all people. I don't know any reason why we would have to single out blacks Why is on he that singling window. out blacks, then? Yeah, um, and then I think some of the more really inflammatory things you got to say, uh, see, politically sensible blacks are outnumbered as decent people. I think we can safely assume that 95% of the black males in that city, which he's talking about, Washington, are semi-criminal or entirely criminal. Oh, jeez. Yeah, now, I, that I, is quite racist. 
I just find that uh, so hard to and believe. I, I know for a fact that's not true. And uh, you know, another one is criminals who terrorize our cities and riots and on and every non-riot day are not exclusively young black males, but largely they are. As children, they are trained to hate whites, to believe that um, white oppression is responsible for all black ills, to fight the power, to steal, to loot as much money from the white enemy as possible. Anything is justified against the man. He sounds like a total racist there, if that's really him. And the question is, is that really a Ron Paul quote? Yes, sort of. Oh, boy. In the yes, sense sort of. that it is a quote which was in his newsletter. These are things which are in his newsletter. Um, and he he did not, by the way, deny them or denounce them. Now, I actually looked into this about four years ago. Mm. Um, and he actually had a somewhat less known article in a paper called Texas Monthly, okay. where essentially what it looks like happened is that one of his aides, who was actually writing his newsletter for him, wrote the the offending quotes, right. and his explanation on this was that uh, he said they were never his words, but he had some moral responsibility for them. He does. So I actually really wanted to try to explain that it doesn't come from me directly, but the the campaign aide said that's too confusing. It appeared in your letter, and your name was on that letter, and therefore you have to live with it. So that is the reason why, essentially, he he sat on it. I don't know who he, who he would have had to. I mean, I guess some people might say it'd be throwing them under the bus, but uh, or out, however you want to call it. Um, but that's his explanation for never. I guess you could say formally denouncing these the, these quotes and saying exactly who was responsible for it. Well, I don't see why he couldn't formally denounce um, the quotes if he disagreed with them. Um, you, you know, I mean, maybe maybe the the quotes were attributed to him in the newsletter. It didn't want to make it look like that he had writers, but I think everybody understands and believes that politicians just don't have the time um, to do everything, so they do have writers. Um, do the American people think that George Bush writes his own speeches? I don't know. They're they're far too coherent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you so let me see if I've got this straight. You're saying that uh, these quotes of a of a fairly racist nature appeared in Ron Paul's newsletter. Yeah, this was a number of years ago. From um, and I can't remember how many years ago the actual quotes appeared. I actually wrote about this four years ago. Yeah, it was but 1996. Quotes, okay, so yeah, so um. So uh, this would have been uh, was this uh, this would have been uh, his first time around in Congress or right after he got reelected. I'm... So essentially, he's he's come out and said that wasn't me. I didn't say those things. Someone who wrote my campaign literature or my uh, newsletter or whatever was the one that said that. Yeah, and he that... said this years ago. Now this is this is not this has not been brought up in very recent time. Mm -hmm. um, well, I just do think that this detractors is are out there. Well, yeah, it's going to come back to bite him for sure. I mean, oh, if he's yeah. if he's got he any, absolutely going to have to address this. I have no doubt about it. Now, one of the reasons why, when this was originally brought up on a website that I uh, frequent, uh, why I originally responded to it was that I had read and heard enough Ron Paul to to at least understand that the quotes that I was hearing and the things, not only the things which he said, but the things he actually did just didn't go together. Hmm. Yeah, it, at the very least, even if he, um, at the very least, let's say he's a terrible, bigoted racist, he doesn't vote in the direction of terrible, bigoted, racist legislation. No, and that's true. And you know, there's, there's, no, there's no doubting 
doubting that. Well, um, I got to say that if it turns out that if he is uh, a racist, I couldn't possibly get behind him. Uh, I couldn't possibly support him. Yeah. Well, how, how about this, um, Robert? Uh, if Ron Paul, if you have the opportunity to vote for or against Ron Paul, um, will you? Yes. Oh, so Robert will you I mean, won't? I've, I've actually, uh, I, I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't believe that he is a racist. I, mean, I don't think he is either. No. So, so that's 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 why I have made that sort of decision. Now, if something comes out which uh, which makes me change my mind, I change my mind. I mean. Now, but you'd still vote for him? I mean, if you knew that, that the man hated people based on the color of their skin, you'd vote for him? No, I'm saying if I find out that he does, I don't believe that he does. I but but if I do find out, but if hey, I thank do you. find so out, Robert, right? So Robert's with me. If it turns out Ron Paul is a racist, he won't vote for him, and neither will I, because that's despicable. It's the lowest of the lows. Now, um, I I, I do agree that uh, racism is low, but for he hasn't shown the traits of so? a real racist. He but, may believe the stuff, but he hasn't true. voted in that direction. Yeah, well, he's that's not true. a that, president that, That's yet. one of the reasons why, like I say, I do not believe that he is. I mean, it, it's. You know, it's like the Manchurian Candidate was a fine movie, but I don't think that people really like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I, I don't think that there's some sort of logic bomb lodged in his brain, which is yeah. just waiting for him to achieve, attain power, and then all of a sudden he Switch. becomes this completely different sort of human being. I mean, if if he wanted you know, to do that, libertarianism isn't the way to go to to achieve power. You know, I mean, it's just a, it's not popular <laughs> yeah. enough. Very um, true. Very good, Rob. Now, Thank hold on. You. Oh? Before you go, Robert, um, what do you say and think about, um, you know, statistics like uh, 25% of uh, black males in, you know, the age brackets of 15 to 25 are either in jail, in prison, or uh, on probation? You know, things, you've heard statistics well, I mean, like we, this. We that see a lot of black males who are in trouble with the legal system who are in prison. Now, most of that is the war on drugs. You know, yep. and I said, I've said many a time to any number of people, uh, my friends all know that I'm not afraid to share my opinion. One of the reasons I get invited to all the parties so I can break them up and <laughs> a bunch of bickering. Um, but, you know, I, I said that I, I told plenty of people, and I'll be in a crowd full of leftists, which since I, the vast, vast majority of my friends are black, so pretty much any gathering I go to, you can pretty much assume that everybody in the room is to the left of me, okay. or at least uh, is less freedom-loving than I am. Right. Um, so... So, you know, and I've had plenty of times where I've said that that the vast majority of things which people identify as problems in the black community among black Americans could really be eliminated with two things, and that would be the end to the war on drugs and the end to welfare. welfare. I totally agree. In fact, uh, and, and of course, ending the war on drugs would eliminate the opportunity for all of the racist white cops out there to target uh, blacks and Hispanics like they currently do. That's one of the reasons why. I mean, there's oh, plenty absolutely. of, there's plenty mean, of white know, drug I dealers. I don't know where people think these sort of people have gone. You know, there have always been the personality types which made a good slave overseer. That personality type has not died out with yep. the slavery. And there's plenty of white drug dealers out there. It's just that the racist cops spend all their time in black neighborhoods. They're not staking out, uh, you know, the upscale or middle-class white neighborhoods. They just aren't doing it. So that's one of the reasons why the statistics are skewed. Thanks for the call, Rob. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231 is the pack at 8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. 
over a thousand pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller or more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Is Jesus back? One man claims he is Jesus. Hmm. Now, I thought there were supposed to be trumpets, and he was coming out of the clouds. Well, maybe that happened and everyone missed it. Mm. I don't know. Uh, That's not my understanding of how it's going to work. Well, maybe he's got an explanation here for you. Yeah, uh, he's going to need it. He's certainly not the first man to claim that he is Jesus. There uh, have been many, many throughout the ages. There have. Um, but this guy, uh, according to ABC News, a few weeks ago in a tattoo parlor, and this is just a bizarre, bizarre story. A few weeks ago in a tattoo, uh, tattoo parlor in the hip art deco district of Miami Beach, people were lining up to get 666 tattooed on their bodies Ugh. and then smiling through the pain. But these are not devil worshippers. They see themselves as devout followers of Jesus Christ. But the major difference that separates them from other Christians around the world is that the Jesus Christ they worship is alive and well and living in the suburbs of Houston. These but people, they were in Miami? They were. Okay. He's got a lot of followers, apparently. These people belong to a new movement devoted to a man who calls himself the second coming of Jesus and who also claims the title of Antichrist which to him is the next incarnation of Jesus on earth, not an evil being. Yeah, this this movement isn't going to get big. To show their devotion, some followers ink themselves with 666. One follower said, I just want to make sure it's visible that everyone knows my life belongs to the man. I want everyone to know I'm one of the Antichrists. Now, before we go on, Mark, you as the, uh, the man who uh, had a religious education growing up, mm-hmm. What's the Antichrist thing all about? Isn't that supposed to be the son of Satan or something? What is the Antichrist? Uh, I don't even really know. You know, I've I've pretty much sworn off revelations in general just because it's so strange. But um, it, he's one of the uh, – he either comes before or after, depending on how you believe the rapture occurs, uh, the second coming. Um, he's He comes during the tribulation period where uh, people suffer. Some people believe that Christians will have to suffer through that p- period. Some people don't. Uh, some people believe that you can still be saved during the tribulation period. Um, you know, There's all kinds of different All kinds of different theories. Um, but he's just a an indication that the, I, think it's, I think it's a thousand years of tribulation is, is upon us. Is the Antichrist supposed to recruit people to his little side, or what's the purpose of the Antichrist? Um, I don't know. He's supposed to sell us all out hmm. is uh, my understanding. Well, they and others like them are fervently devoted, some say fanatically, to a 60-year-old Puerto Rican whose legal name to his pleasure is Jose de Jesus, or Jose of Jesus. He counts followers in more than 30 countries. Some say they total more than a million. But where does this man who claims to be God live? Not where you might expect. He resides with his wife in a suburban community just outside of Houston. When asked to explain who he is, de Jesus responds, Jesus Christ, man. The second manifestation, the second coming of Christ. He acknowledges that it bothers a lot of people that he calls himself Jesus. De Jesus's beginning was anything but grand. Born in Puerto Rico, he grew up poor, living in government housing. He stole for a living to pay for his teenage heroin addiction and admits <laughs> to eight felony charges that put him behind bars for nine months. Like many De Jesus... People are following an ex-convict who claims to be Jesus? Yes. Oh, God. Like many, De Jesus says he was born again in prison. 
From there, he moved to the United States. How can you get born again if you're Jesus? Mm -hmm. I thought that Jesus, the second coming, was the clouds were going to open up and Jesus was going to descend. I thought he was already born. Well, that's just your interpretation. All right. (laughs) Uh, Where he became involved in church youth groups in the United States, eventually became a minister in Boston. But it was a vision, De Jesus says, that turned him from a man of God to actually being God. Quote, the same spirit that was in Jesus of Nazareth and the spirit is in same spirit is in me. He came to me. He integrated with my person in 1973. Oh, he integrated in his person. But hold on. This so he guy, wasn't always Jesus. This guy was in prison before 73 or after? Uh, I believe before. He's 60 years old now. Okay. Okay. I was uh, very confused there for a second because it just it didn't seem like Jesus would integrate with some a heroin addict. De Jesus says this happened when two angels came to him in a vision. And while he admits there's no real way for him to prove that he's Christ, he says his followers aren't asking for proof. Quote, So you tell the millions of followers I have that this guy is a liar. You know what they're going to say? Is that I prefer his lies than what religion gave me. I prefer... I see. Beca- I prefer see because when they believe in what I teach, they activate angels in their life. What a bunch of gobbledygook. <laughs> His followers do seem happy. They greet him with mariachi bands at airports and often collapse in tears when they see him preach. But when he speaks to them, it's without the thea- it's without theatrics. No holy rolling, no healing. It's a pretty straightforward lesson in the fundamentals of what he believes, and it's an upbeat, no fault, sin free message. This self-proclaimed Jesus does not believe in sin, hell, the devil. Or damnation of any kind. He says, quote, Before the presence of God, there's no more sin. He says, And with no sin, De Jesus teaches his followers, There's no devil and no need for prayer. Because after Jesus of Nazareth died and was resurrected, no one can literally, uh, one can literally do no wrong in God's eyes. De Jesus says things like murder and theft are crimes, but not sins. Hmm. And that people are punished for these crimes on earth. He says, Heaven doesn't have anything to do with your behavior. He says, and De Jesus practices what he preach, uh, preaches. He loves women and has been married twice. Mm-hmm. He smokes cigarettes, and while enjoying a glass of scotch, he says, Jesus drank wine because he didn't have dewars. <laughs> Jesus doesn't, uh, De Jesus doesn't mind that his ministry... Off- I, by the way, it's, it's doers. <laughs> but oh. it doesn't, it, you know, it, a lot of, some people say doers. I'm not a drinker, so no, what do I, I know? I know you don't. Dewars, uh, doers, right. Doers. De, De Jesus doesn't mind that his ministry often gathers in the corner tavern, quote, like my former Jesus of Nazareth, he used to go to places like this, and the religious people, they used to criticize him. I'm just doing the same kind of thing. But he does draw the line. No drugs. Well, wait a minute. Alcohol is a drug. Yes, well, there's a line. He means no illegal drugs. It's and, crime, after all. And he says no getting drunk. So you can have that doers, but you just can't get drunk on it, apparently. He says, Better not be a lightweight. He says Jesus never got drunk, and I never get drunk. I enjoy life. I enjoy everything that I do. De Jesus has come a long way from Puerto Rico and through, and through those rough times. Today his believers give money freely. And where does all the money go? Joan De Jesus, the daughter of the man called Jesus, is the official accountant for the ministry. She says, what you see as luxuries are gifts that members have given him. They're just very grateful and they want to give him gifts. There are no rules in his church. Anything goes when you follow Jesus of suburbia. But he's serious about being the second coming of Christ. And along with his followers, he also has many detractors. Some who think he's the devil incarnate. And others who think he's just a charlatan and a con man. I'll go with that group. One of the things that makes him so hated, so controversial, is that he preaches the Catholic Church is evil. And his followers burn pictures of the Pope and hold protests outside of churches. 
And what about the children who grow up in his movement believing that Jesus is alive and well? He calls them the super raza, or the super race, because they are being brought up pure and with no stain of false religion on them. What do you think about this guy? People do want to believe in something. 1-800-259-9231. These people are tattooing 666 on themselves because of this man. It's just amazing. As an atheist, looking at this. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free. Archives included an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloaded convenience. Enjoy those there on us. That's freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase off charge, uh, charged off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We're talking about a very bizarre story about a man who claims to be Jesus. He claims that he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm an atheist. I don't believe any of this crap. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's a fascinating uh, story of people just following an, uh, yet another man just making claims. You know, he's got nothing to back the claims up. His story is that he went to jail. He was a bad guy when he was a young person, as many people can be. And uh, and he apparently had a s- revelation of some sort during his stay in jail. He got out of jail. He said he claims that angels came to him. He claims that he merged with God. He claims that he is God now. That he is Jesus. And uh, and I, I guess that's all you need to do to uh, make a successful life for yourself is well claim to be Jesus. That's all he's done. How is it that? How do you go from being well, a guy who claims to be Jesus? To somebody who's being given gifts of cash and cars and boats and and uh, you've got followers. Uh, the beginning of the article from ABC News points out that his followers believe in him so much that apparently they've gone to have the number 666 tattooed upon themselves because he claims to be not only Jesus but also the Antichrist. And he says there's no hell, there's no sin, so go ahead. He hasn't just claimed to be Jesus any more than we've just talked about libertarianism. Okay, he's built a business or a um, a church around his claims. So I I have to I have to disagree. He has put a lot of work, and what you put work behind will grow. Um, in this case, I think that he could have put work behind something that, of more value. But, but as a religious, uh, he hasn't just claimed to be Jesus. But as a religious person. He has claimed to be Jesus. I understand he's done all of the other church things, and anybody can go and start their own church, but not very many of the people that start their own church claim to be Jesus. And it, I, is it just that people who are religious are really that desperate to find Jesus, and they're willing to believe anyone that makes the claim? I'm and sure they, what he has you very, to, very few followers, Ian. He claims to have a million of them in 30 countries. Oh, come on. He's, it's a claim he made. He claimed to be Jesus, Somebody's too. Somebody's sending him money. He's living a nice life. 
I don't know. I, I mean, mean, religion makes people happy. Uh, like it or not, it does make people happy. And if you start a religion, you can make money off it. Scientology is a huge money maker, and this is just another. I find it difficult. A million people. I mean, the Zoroastrians. I don't think have a million people, and they have a you know a very. If any religion can claim legitimacy, Zoroastrians can. Um, I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense to me. A million people uh, living a good life. The preachers at churches um, that have a hundred uh, adherents live good lives. True. Um, so, but he does have followers around the world in thirty countries. I mean, he, if he, he may be would able to ABC prove, News be well, doing a report on this guy if he look, didn't have people in his internet, church? The internet. Well, the ABC News will do a report on. Um, you know, if if you're crackpotty enough, you can get some you can get some press. Yeah, but, but if you're talking to five people in a room and uh, the back, you know, he the just, back of he made uh, big Shonies. claims. Uh, what what are his, what's his proof for these claims? Just because um, you know he claimed to have a million uh, adherents in thirty countries. I mean, the the flat Earth Society probably has more than a million um, people yeah. online. Is all you have to do is go and uh, check that out. And it's a very interesting website. Uh, but still, you know, my question but people is: people don't the people that um, are members of the flat Earth Society don't really believe the world's flat. I understand and and respect what you're saying about the fact that this guy doesn't have as many followers as he claims to. Or he may any, only have a hundred thousand. Well, come on. He doesn't have a hundred thousand. I I would seriously doubt that this guy doubt has a hundred followers. I he doesn't Somebody's have any coming proof. To these churches. He's he's not doing miracles. He's not healing people. I I mean, who would honestly believe that this guy was Jesus? Oh, apparently, some people do. I mean, somebody is going to. He's being greeted at airports. I mean, there. Are, but that could be by one person. I mean, uh, you, you said earlier in the article that they're meeting in the back of pubs sometimes and having a couple of drinks at their church gatherings. True, true. Good point, good point. Well, anyway, according to the article, and what about the children who grow up in his movement, believing Jesus is alive and well? He calls them the super race, super raza, uh, because they're being brought up pure with no stain of false religion on them. The De Jesus ministry is growing with big followings in Venezuela, Colombia, even Cuba. And the man who believes he is the second coming of Christ is now turning his attention to America. He says, quote, Miami is the bridge for all nations. That's where Hispanics are. And then eventually I'm going to find a lot of beautiful English-speaking people who will want to believe in me, and I'm going to have millions of them. <laughs> so he certainly got a big vision. Um, that much is true. And, I mean, let's presume there's only uh, 5,000 followers of this guy. Okay. What is it that makes someone who's religious... Sign on board to one particular uh, claimant over another. What is it about this guy that has made these people become adherents to his belief system? Is he just charismatic? Is he? Uh, I, I think it's all about personality to some extent or another. For instance, um, you know, missionaries go to other places in the world. They get people. They sign people on board for um, their particular religion. Whether in, in a lot of cases, the missionaries that I'm familiar with are Christian, but I'm mm -hmm. sure that the the other major religions have uh, some kind of missions going on to uh, get converts. Um, you know, so and but those people sign up not because they sign up largely because of the personality of the person who's talking to them. You know? Don't you think that a lot of Christians, though, would sort of be uh, stunned by someone who claimed to be Jesus and demand some sort of proof? Wouldn't wouldn't most Christians demand? Some I wouldn't sort think of proof? that most people are. Um, I don't think that he's probably not has, critical thinkers. I, I don't think that he has a large amount of people that were um, 
hardcore Christians that are in his group. He has probably people that um, you know were peripherally Christian or whatever, and they're in um, you know in his group. And that what he's to me. what he's saying, um, you can kind of buy into if you don't want to go to hell because he doesn't believe in hell. You don't he uh, doesn't believe point. in the, the devil. So uh, the message he's sending is a pretty nice one. There's no sins. What what happens on this earth stays on this earth. So it's That's a, a pretty point. it's an easy message for people to accept. I like that. You can drink. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, uh, there's no reason that uh, Christians drink. Uh, some Christians drink. Some don't. Um, Although he says you can't get drunk. Really? That's what he says. Okay. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you want your classification of what drunk is. If you want a good point. Uh, <laughs> I'm horizontal and I can't get up. Perhaps yeah. I'm drunk. I mean, he does seem to have some contradictions. He says there's no rules in his church. Yet you can't get drunk. You can't do drugs. I mean. Right. It's not exactly a clear-headed fellow that we're talking it's, about here. It's also not unusual for religions to be full of contradictions, so I guess uh, he's right on target with that. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. So what I want to know from you is uh, your analysis of this. How is it that a man like this can uh, can be so successful at gaining converts? Is it just the message? Because there have been other messages out there like this. And why would someone go so far. I mean, it's amazing that someone would go so far into this to where they would tattoo 666 on a visible portion of their body. Mm. I mean, that's really that's really taking religion to an extreme. Especially since most people who see that are not going to know what that means. They're going to take They're not it in a ask you completely different light. They're going to think you're some crazy devil worshiper. They're not going to give you the chance to explain yourself. <laughs> oh, no, no, I worship Jesus. <laughs> the swastika, um, there's there's an Indian, American Indian symbol uh, for the swastika that's going the opposite direction. Okay. Probably not a good thing to get tattooed on yeah, your forehead. Yeah, that's not going to work. Well, I'm an American Indian. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's Hitler. the other way. <laughs> Counterclockwise. Or which, I don't even know which way it goes. I don't know which way. Uh, uh, they're S's. Um, the, the, the real... The, the real swastika is two S's? The, the big mean swastika is, is essentially Z's or S's. Yeah. Like an SS? Mm-hmm. Secret police? I don't know that that has anything to do with it. I'm just saying that um, that's how I remember it. 1-800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves on the way. we got calls rolling on the amplifier lines and your calls as well about whatever you want here in these remaining moments. But there's news about another young person that's been brought up on charges... For taking a naked picture of herself. Mm. Ugh, not again. What haven't kids learned yet? They keep charging kids and putting them in jail cells over this. We're gonna have to build new prisons for young pornographers soon. Sounding like it. We'll explore. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show. You take control. Bring up what you want. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Even in these remaining moments, Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. Once again, the number is 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You like the site, you like the show, you want to help support us, then you should become a Free Talk Live amplifier, like over 340 of our listeners have decided to do for as little as 3 bucks a month. And the concept is very simple. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. So you send in $3 a month, we tally it up with everybody else who's sending in $3 or so a month, and we... Uh, we purchase internet advertising to buy uh, to get more internet listeners on board with the show. We buy industry advertising to get more radio stations on board with the program. We are also, uh, for instance, uh, spending a little bit of that money on an upcoming convention at the end of this week. And as a result of that, we are not going to be doing live shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I know I want to do a live show. It's just not possible 
Uh, we just can't do them from uh, the location we're going to. We wouldn't even have time, even if we uh, were able uh, to be able to do them, because we're going to be smoozing it up with the industry bigwigs, talking to the decision makers in the radio business, and uh, and it's all because of you. It's all because of listeners like you that have become Free Talk Live amplifiers. We wouldn't be able to do this without it. There'd be no way we could afford uh, to go to these conventions. It's just not possible. And us being there makes an impression on these decision makers who inevitably will decide, hopefully, to add Free Talk Live to their radio stations. So it's all uh, working very, very well. So thanks to you and uh, thanks to those of you who have become Free Talk Live amplifiers and uh, have stayed Free Talk Live amplifiers. You guys are great. Uh, if you want to get on board, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn the details, learn about the program, and learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the amplifier-only call-in lines, the amp-only uh, forum, and more. All there, amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of amplifiers, we're going to the amplifier-only line right now. It's Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Toby, and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Matt. What's up? I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I guess I'll have to watch TV or something. Well, there's plenty of archives there on the front page of the website. Uh, you're welcome. You, you can always listen to those. Uh, or or um, there's classics. there's classic archives that uh, if you're an amplifier, you can get. So yeah, what's maybe I'll do that. Uh, I just wanted to throw in my two cents about this guy who was claiming to be Jesus. Yeah. And uh, his followers. And to me, that's just indicative of that people want to be led. It seems that they, they want to be governed. They, they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. They want to be told what to think, at least a vast majority of them. Are they, just, are they just floating about through life waiting for someone to claim to be better than them, and then they just sort of glom on, latch on to that individual? I mean, why hadn't they found something to follow before this guy? Or were they following something, and then they decided, hey, this guy thinks he's Jesus. I'll follow him instead. I, you know, I, it's it's tough to say in terms of that, but I, I'm thinking in terms of general, people are always looking for something to follow if they're not following this guy being Jesus and they're following some government leader, mm. some politician, some musician. They they just seem to want to worship somebody or something, and and uh, and they want to be told, you know, what to what to think, what to do. It's almost like they want to remain children. They don't want to grow up. You know, if people aren't bringing meaning to their own lives, they have to look to other people in a way to bring mm. meaning to their lives. If, they, if they're if they not doing something that really invigorates them and makes them passionate about life, they can turn to other people and in a way live vicariously through this politician thinking I'm really getting things done and making a difference in the world or mm-hmm. whether it be this Jesus character. Excellent observations, man. Any other thoughts? No, no, Thanks. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And and I see where you're uh, where you're both coming from on that. It makes sense that people are looking for someone with a message that they can believe in. It's just interesting that uh, this guy was chosen by all these people. And I looked at the video footage during the break. And there was a significant gathering. There it wasn't just a guy. few people, uh, you know, standing around. No, it was it a lot more than I expected. Yeah, he was yeah. in some sort of a ballroom, and there was a, a decent amount. I would say at least fifty uh, to a hundred people in this well, ballroom. Like I say, it's it's uh, personality. Um, you know, char- charisma is the reason that people choose um, their religions. Uh, I feel largely, um, and you know, it's or how well they know the person. That kind of thing. I, I got to say, the guy's Convert a brilliant... to a religion, I guess. I think he's kind of a brilliant marketer, this Jesus guy, the mm-hmm. guy that claims to be Jesus, because he's walking around in the video footage with uh, essentially sort of a, dre- a dressy black shirt on 
with the initials J.H. I don't know what the H stands for. Maybe Jesus H. Christ. Does anybody actually know what the H stands for in Jesus H. Christ? I, I think it's just made up. And then on the other side, it's in, it's in gold lettering, the number 666. And I just think it's maybe brilliant marketing on his part because there are plenty of people out there to, that will claim to be Jesus. But how many of them are actually claiming to be Jesus and the Antichrist at the same time, and emblazoning 666 all over them. I mean, people get all upset and uh, and excited when they see those numbers, even though it's just three numbers in a row. Uh, for some reason, they, it's scary to them, and it's it's interesting and, and uh, exhilarating. So that likely gets him a lot of attention, walking around with that on. Definitely stands out. And so people probably ask him questions as a result of that, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he's getting more attention than anyone else who might happen to claim that they're Jesus. 800-259-9231. All right, Mark, what's the latest tragedy in the world of uh, child pornography, so-called? Well, you know, the the, uh, the cops have got to save us all because, um, you know, of course we can't handle this ourselves. A 12-year-old girl from Cave Creek could face criminal charges and other discipline after she was caught snapping a lewd photograph of herself and sending the image to at least 10 other students, police said Tuesday. Who caught her? A um, school resource officer documented the Whoa. incident Friday. Um, at the middle school, according to Phoenix Police and um, the, the Unified School District of Cape Creek, the 12-year-old suspect took the cell phone of a 11-year-old classmate from a locker after school Thursday, took a photo of herself below the waist, sent the image along with a Naked. profane message to other students with the intention of embarrassing the 11-year-old victim, police said. Um, Wait a minute. She was trying to embarrass. Oh. She took the phone. Well, she from- was embarrassing the person who had the phone. She was trying to pretend like she it was it a, it was a female that had the phone presumably. Maybe that's what it was. You know, I didn't quite understand that in my first read through. Um, but she was I trying thought, to make I thought it maybe it was like, just a joke. It's like just a joke. So she took the phone from another female classmate, mm-hmm. took a picture of herself naked from the waist down. That way you couldn't tell who it was, and right. so she was. A, pretending as though she was the phone owner taking a picture of herself. Right. It wouldn't be uncommon. I, I guess what I thought when I first um, read it was um, kind of like, you know, guys wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be unusual for, um, you know, guys to take a picture of themselves like, you know, uh, below the waist and then, you know, send it to other people just to, for fun. Really? Kind of That's thing. not unusual? I, it would be unusual, but it wouldn't be considered, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time it has ever happened, if you know what I mean. I've seen it happen before. Yeah, okay. sure. You know, it's funny. You look. <laughs> and I, I guess I just thought this was a female version of that, but I suppose um, you're probably right that uh, this 12-year-old girl was trying to pretend that the that her crotch was the 11-year-old girl. What else happened? <laughs> well, um, the police and uh, school di- district confirmed this. Um, she was suspended from school. The victim's cell phone was impounded. They confirmed it, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how they uh, did that. Yeah, they beat her. I don't know. <laughs> Gave her a couple of taser shots. I'm just kidding. The victim's cell phone was impounded. I love this. Victim's cell phone <laughs> impounded. A report detailing the incident was sent to the uh, uh, school, the district attorney. Somebody's got to analyze those photos. Some recommending charging the 12-year-old with furnishing harmful material to minors, a felony. Oh, this oh is going gosh. to help her out. Yeah. yeah, that's a good thing to have on your record. There could be serious repercussions, said uh, the police sergeant. It was a very foolish thing to do, um, the, the the police person so said. So let's punish him with uh, some jail time. She might, The girl might be prosecuted because of her, um, might not be prosecuted because of her age and the circumstances. The news of the cell phone incident was released as Cape Creek Unified School District uh, coped Tuesday with another sexually related situation. Two boys um, were expelled and formally charged. 
uh, uh, you know, for participating in sex crimes with the, after a female students complained that they had been groped and the boys exposed themselves on campus in October. So. Okay. It's, so we don't know if they're going to – they're bringing a felony charge, but we don't know if the charge will be dropped at this point? Correct. Um, the, the, rec, uh, you know, the, the uh, attorneys – the police have recommended charging the 12-year-old with furnishing harmful materials to minors. Um, that's what's happened at this point. How is it that this was – how was she caught is what I want to know. Well, the, the, the pictures went out. Did she keep the phone? Or did she put the phone back in the locker? Well, she she I don't know whether um, because how, it's not an identifiable photo. I mean, you can't tell. What are they going to do? Strip all the kids in the class to see who's got the mole on the inside of their leg? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know precisely, but um, you know, kids kids are bad at keeping secrets. I understand. That. And the eleven yeah. year old is going to say, "No, I didn't do that." Right. And uh, this person has access to my locker or whatever. Um, could have gotten my cell phone, or um, in fact, took it. You know, maybe the person, maybe they lent it to them, and and then she sent out the photograph mm-hmm. as a joke. And uh, then gave it back and didn't mention anything. Well, Susie had my cell phone earlier. Kids just don't keep secrets well. I just can't. Uh, I'm just stunned they, they, by they what's there's happening. No concept, um, there's no concept as to how bad a felony is to have on your record. They don't understand that it's going to um, you know, affect. It, it, right. It could, this could be a sex charge that affects the rest of her life. This is only going to hurt her, not help her. Yeah, yeah. This is, it's just a bad use of the laws we have on the books. You, cannot, you should not be able around. to, to, to um, charge a minor with taking pictures of uh, them themselves. And but this is not the first time. No, it's not. And I predict it won't be the last it's Vinny in here with you. And Toby. And Mark. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, Yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com.